say to the people of Antigua, you know, when I hear Gaston Bonnet talk about them negotiate this ebook business and brought it down to $80, tell them, show you the document. Tell them, show you who signed the new agreement. Because if the first of the people could not sign, uh, who signed now? Who signed now? Warm to you people of Antigua. Stop allowing these people to speak lies every day to you. And I hear today, you know, Global Port Chairman is saying it is the toughest negotiation he've ever done. Now, if that was a tough negotiation and Antigua and Barbuda get nothing out of it, suppose it's tough, maybe would I get kicked out of Antigua and Barbuda? I am saying to all the Antiguans, I'm saying it again. If we don't stand up for your right, one day you'll be in your own house and somebody come in and tell you, come out my place. Mark my words, people. A time for get serious and get rid of the dictator, Gaston Brown, out of office. Do not wait until the next election. The time for action is now. This is the time for action, my dear people of Antigua and Barbuda. Because when I look at the situation in Barbuda, where people are still living in tents, after two years, the police station in Barbuda has not been touched as yet. The post office has not been touched as yet. And millions of dollars were pledged for Barbuda. Away money gone. Ask the port manager, where money gone for the concert at the stadium? Ask Telemark, where money gone? And I sit back and know them tea from and I know them about it. Eh? Serpent and Jesus Isaac did nothing. They were arrested, charged, prosecuted for them. Demand the table. I was arrested twice in one night for telling Gaston Brown he has no business in a village meeting in Barbuda. But that no break my spirit because I want to tell Gaston Brown that we will take him to the court every single time he tried to mess with the people of Barbuda. And when we get fed up of going to the courts, we'll tell Antigua once and for all a time for a separate future. It makes no sense. You have somebody bullying you constantly and you can't get away. Antiguans, you can make the difference. We can make the difference. We can have a bright future. Antigua and Barbuda. But you must get rid of labor out of Antigua government once and for all.
Labour Party have no good for the people of Antigua and Barbuda. The Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda presently boasts and say that Antiguans are minority in Antigua. Can you imagine that? And the man they walk going to Parliament in the Prime Minister's office. He should not be allowed to go in there. So my dear people, I want to say to you tonight, this is action time. This is time for talking done. A time for come out and join forces and let Gaston Brown understand enough is enough. And a time for him and his wicked, oppressive government to go once and for all. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and have a good night. I wonder what about people to Gaston Brown. The man hates the people of Barbuda. It can't be any other way to explain what he's doing to Barbuda people. We hear you. Global ports. When Gaston talk about global ports, you know what he, you know he says on the island of Barbuda. What about the island of Barbuda? Well, he has another thing coming. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring my next speaker to the podium. Put your hands together and bring Brother Chucky to the podium. Good night, brothers and sisters. Uh, all protocol observed. I am honored to be here with the invitation from the political leader, Honorable Howard Lovell. It is something that I have to do for my nation. I have been in this particular business of taxi for over 35 years under all the different leadership of the Honorable V.A. Colonel Bird Sr., Lester Brian Bird, Sir, Honorable Dr. Baldwin Spencer, and Gaston Brown, Prime Minister. I have never felt threatened more than now that we are being sell out by a, a group of people who think that they are leaders only for themselves. They are making decisions without public consultation. I am speaking not on the behalf of St. John's Taxi Association, but for all man and woman who operate taxi business in Antigua. I extend it to vendors, braiders, storekeepers, all of us. Our livelihood is threatened by what they intend to do. I believe that 
the job is too big for the present administration. I believe that they are trying to ease themselves by handing over our patrimony to people who do not even have the expertise, in my opinion. I believe that they should have come to all stakeholders and expressed to us what are the conditions. Not when they sign on, they leave us to be in the whatever position. I heard Mr. Cutie Benjamin stating he is comfortable because a lawyer, the law is protecting whatever they're doing. I understand they're getting electrical vehicles. That means we're going to have to sell our cars, our vans. Maybe we're going to now be employed by them. They intend to raise the head tax. It do not give us that particular understanding that we're going to get more cruise ship passengers. There are lots of things that they have not said to us who are in this particular industry. I am not going to say much more. I'm calling all all Antiguans and Barbudans, patriotic Antiguans and Barbudans, if we have to shut down the country, we cannot allow Gaston Brown and the others to dictate. Our foreparents have worked hard, blood, sweat, and tears for our land. They're going to use our assets to borrow money. It's a gamble. I believe if they lose, if they do not perform, because we don't see any performance clauses, if they cannot perform, they will walk away, our land will be given away again. People, I'm calling on all Antiguans and Barbudans, let us rise up. This is the time for us to shut down the country. Thank you for listening. Look how we love Antigua, right? Yeah. Alright. So all of us have a responsibility not to let this finish here tonight. When we go home, we be continuing to mobilize. We talk to our children, we talk to our neighbors, we talk to our church people. This has to grow. We need a momentum to grow, to build, because it cannot end here tonight. So I'm going to call on a man who can just get us all riled up and bring the issues home. Chester. Chester, where are you? Remember, this cannot die tonight. Thank you. Good evening, Antigua, Barbuda. Good evening, Antigua and Barbuda. All right, now I'm hearing you. It's been a while. Tonight, I have to behave myself because I'm not a politician. I'm a trade unionist. And I want to say from the onset that the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union, since its inception, have been fighting the fight for the good of the working class men and women of Antigua and Barbuda. We have produced as a trade union two of these countries most 
formidable and progressive leaders in the name of the Honorable George H. Walter and the Honorable Winston Baldwin Spencer. So I want to say to the current Prime Minister, you have no knowledge as to the role of a union, so keep your mouth off a workers' union. I want to say tonight that since this Prime Minister took office in 2014, Antigua and Barbuda has attached a name to it called For Sale. Everything in this country is for sale. Brothers and sisters, Antigua Barbuda today, examine your wages. Are you living better off today than you lived five years ago? Are the goods on the supermarket shelves cheaper than they were five years ago? This is the economic poorhouse that Gaston Brown has brought on the working class people of Antigua and Barbuda. And let me say this, regardless of what we think of the governments of Venezuela and Haiti, it is the people of those countries that are forcing change because they are fed up of the practice that they are going through today. And we, the people of Antigua and Barbuda, must now force change on this land or else we are going to be strangers in our own land. Let me say this, since the removal of the UPP government in this country, since the removal of the UPP government, QT Benjamin has not appointed the National Minimum Wage Committee according to law. According to law, that committee should meet each to every two years to review the minimum wage in this country. But since the Labour Party has taken office, we have not had the appointment of the National Minimum Wage Committee. So poor people who are working for minimum wage are still working for minimum wage five years after a new government. Strangely, strangely again, they went into a deal with Sunwing and they sold Royal Antigua to the Royalton Group. They hired a company by the name of Codelpa. Codelpa got 300 work permits signed one time to bring in labor into this country. 300 work permits assigned for workers to work at the Royal Antigua. And Antiguans who go there can't afford to stay there because what? They pay minimum wage of $8.40 an hour to some of these workers. That is the powerhouse that Gaston Brown has claimed that he has built in this country. The poorhouse that he has turned this country into. Brothers and sisters, 
Look around in the public service. The number of strikes that public servants would have had to do in order to get where they want to go. Are you aware that the Labor Department don't function beyond 12 o'clock on a daily basis? The Labor Department that have to look into working class issues don't function after 12 o'clock because they have health and safety issues there. And I don't want to stay much longer. But I want to say this. Can you imagine today? I don't know how much of you are aware that today they were planning to go to Parliament to change the pension laws for public servants. Today they withdraw those two bills from the House. Because what they were saying in Parliament today is that they're moving the pension age from 55 to 65 for non-established workers. They were going to Parliament today to do that. And you know, you know, let me say this. We, the, political, the former political leader, sorry, the Honorable Baldwin Spence and myself, we sat down last evening until late, preparing Brother Pringle with the necessary information to fight them today. To fight them today. But they smell the rat. They smell the rat. And I'm saying to public servants in this country that if you sit down and allow them to kick the bucket further away from you, from enjoying your golden years. Crapo, smoke your pipe. Good night. God bless you all. Antigans, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Take what? Our country back. Let's do it. Antigans, what do we have to do? Thank you. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring a young lady to you. A powerful young lady. She changed the direction of certain things that would have gone against us. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome all classmates. State College time, Miss Pearl Quinn to the podium. Good night. Good night, faithful nationals, patriots, brothers and sisters, all Antiguans. Good night. Oh, how we weep. We weep for our fair land. We weep because our country's name is again in tatters. Because scandal after scandal after scandal, our 
country is mired in a cesspool of corruption and oh how it stinks to high heaven but we as good citizens we are saying enough enough already enough has become too much we deserve better than this we are better than this we demand better than this and our demand is starting with a demand for a full independent investigation in the ebook scargo we have all heard the vastly different accounts coming from the prime minister coming from the minister of education and the director of education about the exorbitant user fees and they've all characterized it as all the breaches all the breaches in the process that they have acknowledged they've characterized them as a blunder irregularity just an oversight and not a corrupt act they have since said that the user fees have been reduced from 300 or 250 US per user to US 80 per user. What is troubling though is that this whole sordid matter sounds like a blueprint for how the Prime Minister says politicians make their money illegally in the system. Through procurements and contracts, they inflate the contract price so that they get the difference between the real price and the inflated price 300 us or 250 us to 80 us you know how much millions that is was that intended for somebody's pocket was the price really always 80 us i believe it was questions we have more questions than answers. Did the Prime Minister really believe anybody believe that Papi Show interview he had with the, the principal of Fortuna Picks? Not even my 13-year-old daughter believed that. This whole scandalous saga sounds very much to me like the Prime Minister's advice to his ministers that when you're in government you will meet people with resources and you must use your position and your contacts to creatively enrich yourselves only a full independent investigation will tell us if this was not one such creative enrichment scheme what is equally troubling is that we hear from stakeholders within the education system that the e-books for the most part are not being used as there is minimal to no content on most of them um, George show them the, the contraption there this thing, this thing here heavy like lead heavy like lead and empty of content this is outdated I don't know where they're going with this and we have paid millions of dollars for this In a vast majority of the cases, I understand that these people have just, they're, they're sitting in the closets and on the beds and have been returned to the ministry. $13 million of taxpayers' monies and counting because we still have to pay the user fees annually. 
and no benefit to our children. No matter how you twist and you turn that, it cannot be right. Notwithstanding, the government has now indicated that they have been able to negotiate a reduced fee. And the minister has accepted responsibility for the, what he calls a blunder. Only a full independent investigation will give us, the taxpayers, a full understanding of what transpired and will answer many unanswered questions. And it would reveal whether it was really a blunder or a corrupt act by a government official. We don't want to hear the pronouncements of the Prime Minister and the government officials who are already involved in the matter. We hear the Prime Minister saying, there is no corruption. Oh, it's a closed matter. No, 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 no. Not so fast, Mr. Prime Minister. It is not over until we, the people, say it is over. And it will not be over until a full independent investigation is done. If this government is so transparent as the Prime Minister constantly claims, then he should have the investigation. Let the chips fall where they may. Let the public see whether it was a blunder or a plunder. Any government that is serious about stamping out corruption, that is serious about transparency and accountability, is not afraid to do investigations. In fact, they welcome them because it demonstrates to the people that they mean what they say when they talk about transparency and accountability and they're not just using nice sounding buzzwords. We as faithful nationals and patriots cannot accept the prime minister's word that there is no corruption, especially since time and time and time again, he has shown that he and the truth are enemies. The fact is whether it is a blunder or a plunder. Either of them is so egregious that we cannot accept it because what we accept is a reflection of who we are. It's a reflection of our character. If we accept corruption, it means we ourselves are corrupt. If we accept incompetence, it means we are incompetent. If we accept vulgarity, and disrespect and abuse it means we are vulgar and disrespectful and abusive faithful nationals patriots we are better than this we are better than this a group of us wrote to all the NGOs to include the Chamber of Commerce the Employers Federation the Christian Council the Evangelical Association the Parent Teachers Association all the unions all the political parties about this ebook matter and we ask them to support our call for a full investigation by signing a petition we are still waiting for a call from the majority of them the silence from the parents the teachers the unions ngos the religious bodies on this matter is deafening and the silence screams volumes it screams that they do not care about the children of this country it screams that they are okay with corruption and the lack of transparency. It screams that they don't care about incompetence. And that is troubling. What does it say about us as a people? How did we sink to this very low level? We are blatant, brazen, in-your-face corruption. 
and incompetence is the order of the day. And vulgar, vile, disrespectful, crass, bully behavior from our leaders, our tyrannical leaders, is not fiercely denounced and rejected, but it is accepted and defended and in some cases applauded. How did we sink to this cotton level? My people, we can do better than this. How did we become satisfied with the appallingly poor level of governance in this country? What example are we setting for our children? Where is our integrity? Where is our pride? How did we become such shameless cowards? Such psychophantic beggars begging the people who are supposed to be our servants? Is it that we are compromised by a ham, a turkey, a duty free, a job, a few dollars, a promotion, a contract? Your integrity, your dignity, my people, should never have a price. It should be priceless. Oh, how we weep for the souls of the people of this nation who will not stand up and speak out against this. Never was there a more apt quote than the one that says, Corruption thrives when good people say nothing. Stand up, my people. Stand up. We demand better than this we are better than this and we are demanding a full independent investigation into the ebooks saga because it's not over until the people say it's over we the people have the power people power let's use it my good people good night my people god bless you all And it's not over till it's over. We demand accountability. We demand transparency. We demand integrity. We want answers. And we're asking for full investigation. Well, I'm going to bring on a very dynamic young man. He whooped them at the polls. And he stands in parliament like a sheep in the lion's den. I want us to celebrate him, cover him with your prayers, big him up, because it takes a lot to go inside there and stand up with those demonic people. So I want to bring on Jamal, the leader of the opposition in parliament. Welcome him, please. Big him up, big him up, big him up. Good night, brothers and sisters. Good night 
to my fellow Antiguans and Barbudans. Good, good night to the movement. Good night to true labor. Good night to all patriotic citizens of Antigua and Barbuda. I could say that I'm pleased to be here with you tonight, but that is really not necessary because where else could I be? Brothers and sisters, I have a duty, not because I'm the leader of the opposition, not because I'm single Pringle, but because what's happening now disturbs me. Because the future under the Antigua and Barbuda Labour Party frightens me. Especially because I'm a young man. I consider myself to be the representative of the young people of this country. And particularly the youths of All Saints East and St. Luke constituency. And when I see what's going on, the unemployment, the hopelessness, the absence of, me, of a meaningful future, I have to stand up and demand more from the Antigua Barbuda Labour Party. As all of you know, I am a man that is always on the hustle. I love to work. I love to make my own way, brothers and sisters. I don't love the feeling of handouts. Because when I have something to say to you, you're not going to tell me you give me something yesterday, so I shouldn't say nothing today. But, brothers and sisters, patriotic citizens of Antigua and Barbuda, my faithful nationals, when I look around and see the waste of talent and the dying dreams and the ambitions around me, brothers and sisters, I feel like I can cry. I know the Prime Minister said the e-book matter is over. But I want to let him know it is far from over. I don't know about you. But for me, it's just beginning. And we as faithful citizens of Antigua and Barbuda, we have to keep this issue on the front burner. This is not one we are going to allow them to sweep under the carpet. I know it could make a difference. And what I mean by it, $14 million could make a difference in the lives of the young people of this country. 
14 million dollars could prevent the young men out there that's sitting on the corners to do something positive with their lives but guess what there's nothing for them to do if they had used that 14 million dollars and invested in something meaningful like educating our young people teaching them a trade that they can go out and look and make their own bread we would have been in a much better position than having some e-books well some empty books brothers and sisters instead of 14 million worth of opportunity for our young people the young people get 15 grams of marijuana and then with them pushing this marijuana industry what do you think is going to happen not even the young people that they're allowed to have 15 grams will be able to capitalize on this market because they're going to bring in somebody to take over that industry. Brothers and sisters, it's a few days ago I watched a videotape where the, the governor of the Eastern Central Bank is speaking to some of his colleagues in Barbados. sharing with them the importance of technical and vocational training while we boast about the academics we have to understand it's not everybody is going to make it academically but i can assure you once placed with the proper training once equipped with the proper training or a trade or skills you as the young people of Antigua and Barbuda will be in a much better position and a position that you can dictate how much you make on a weekly basis brothers and sisters it is not enough for only the academics among our young people to get all the resources of the education sector because while it's wonderful for us to boast about the achievement of CXE we can't afford to forget all the youth who have nothing to do nowhere to go after they graduate or dropped out of secondary school we just can't because the old saying is still true. The devil find works for idle hands. The devil find work for idle hands. And the devil is already working. This land and sitting in the government, in the cabinet of Antigua and Barbuda. Look at how, look at how our con construction sector is going down and down and down the few projects that are on stream are not benefiting 
our local people. The government will tell you that they are not qualified. They don't have the fine skills needed. And that is, that is why they feel comfortable handing. You know, I had to smile when I heard the talk about gl global ports bringing the electric cars and so on. Because I know if they were to do that, they would also be importing some electric car drivers as well. And what the type of wholesale agreement that they have signed. There is not a thing our people could do about it but look on from a distance. Brothers and sisters, this is why as a people who love this country, who care about its presence and its future, we have to continue to stand up to call out the Gaston Brown administration. They don't care if Friday falls on a Monday. They have made sure in five short years that their children and grandchildren are in the position to decide whether the children, your, whether your children and grandchildren will be able to make a living in this place. They continue to set up themselves with investors' money and land grabs and tax-free giveaways while you hope and pray that you get paid this mountain. You hope and pray that Social Security for February will not be paid in March. You hope and pray that Global Ports will allow you to continue driving your taxi. And you hope and pray that the e-books will be working for real this coming September. We continue every week, every month to wake up and find that this is gone, that is gone. What was ours is ours no more. Just know, Barbudans don't even have a nationality. What next, brothers and sisters? What else are we going to lose? Only to find them in the, the Labour Party cronies' pockets. Brothers and sisters, we cannot continue like this. We have to do better. You have to want better. We have to demand better than we are getting, brothers and sisters. I am counting on you. Don't just look to me and ask where is the leader of the opposition. If you are opposed to what is going on, then you have a job to do too. We have to be faithful nationals. We claim we are. We have to walk and talk and stand up and be counted. Gaston Brown and his gang must go. Because all the people here said so. So brothers and sisters, I want to thank you for coming out. I want to thank you for your support. When I'm in parliament, when I look around and I see no one else, but my colleague, Brother Walker. But when I think of all the people out there supporting me, it gives me the strength for me to fight. And I will fight for you, the people of Antigua.
and Barbuda. Thank you. Yes, brothers and sisters, I just want to remind you of some of the plights of the people of Barbuda today. Right now, there are certain developments taking place in Barbuda, producing revenues that should have been collected by the Barbuda Council to pay wages and salaries and provide services for the people of Barbuda. But what this wicked government do? They redirect them to the central treasury and they will not send subventions to Barbuda on a regular basis. Sometimes I wonder how Trevor Walker and the other members of council meet their obligations to the Barbuda people. But you know what? There's a God above. There's a God above, and Barbuda has a lot of friends. Barbuda have a lot of friends. So Gaston Brown, try all you may. But Barbuda will rise. Barbuda will rise. When we talk about resilience. Gaston is not resilient yet. Continue push Barbuda people. Continue pushing us. You call us all kind of derogatory names. Say all manners of evil about us. But we're still here. We are still here. Barbudans are listening to Devon Warner in Barbuda. And not as you planned anywhere else. They are home. Barbudans are home. And we're going to send a message to you, Gaston Brown. Arthur Nibs is getting it underground in Barbuda. When he goes to people places, they tell him, not come in my yard. He's getting the message. He's getting the message. But brothers and sisters, I have had the opportunity to listen to this young man on various radio programs. I have not met him personally. But for a young man who have come out of the bowels of labor, and to stand firm with the patriots here in Antigua. He's a true patriot himself. Antiguans, put your hands together and welcome Fairbird the third to the podium. Good night to all the faithful nationals. It is a beautiful crowd here tonight. And this was a meeting that was not planned two months ago or one month ago. It's about two weeks in the planning. And you came out faithfully to support a cause for Antigua and Barbuda. Antigua and Barbuda.
God bless Antigua and Barbuda. I am telling you something that just dawned on me when I came up here, because I'm going to deal with the Deluxe purchase. That's what I'm supposed to be talking about. But I just want to mention, you remember the Scotiabank deal? Where the Prime Minister is so concerned about the workers and their severance, and he wants to make certain that they get paid. And as he's not going to issue the investiture notice or order, whatever, so the bank can operate. What about Leeward Pence? That are over here just after the election. What about the workers? They're going to get paid yet? What about Caribbean Times? Who is the employer of Caribbean Times? Can anybody tell me who employed those workers and they get paid? I have a feeling he was in the cabinet at one point in time. But that is just an issue to throw there, to show the hypocrisy of the punk known as Gaston Brown. He wants to get his greedy fingers on that bank. So now he's coming to say, oh, I'm so concerned, and all the workers of and all the Scotia Bank, nobody with he. He wants to get his greedy, grubby little fingers on that bank for his cronies and them. Watch that man, because I'm telling you this. He is the worst prime minister that this country has ever and will ever produce in a thousand years. Any one of you in this crowd here tonight would be a better prime minister than that man. Trust me, I know what that man is about. And he's up to no good. All right, so let me get into my stuff now. I'm here tonight to say a few words concerning the Deluxe Cinema purchased by Antigua and Barbary, the government. Six million dollars. Now I'm here on a limited time, so I'm getting to the meat and potatoes. There's not going to be any finger food, and there's not going to be any salad. I'm just going to give you your protein and your carbohydrates, right? This government consists of nothing but a bunch of dirty, low-life hypocrites. I was with them. I joined the Antigua Labour Party in 2005. Verbird Jr. has 10 children. One out of the 10 joined that party. I took my toughness and joined them in 2005. And by 2013, me gone. All ten children, not one of them belong to that organization. Something is wrong. Why? Because they're up to no good. That is the reality. Now, when you consider they're selling or they're going to purchase the Luke Cinema, a place that I used to go, mostly used to go, I watch a Kung Fu movie and so, on Saturday matinee, I have affinity for the Luke Cinema. But when you consider... When I was with those guys, and they used to jam the former administration all the time on the Benko building purchase, on the food city purchase, and they talked about cronyism and corruption and using the public purse to be spent on friends. If it was wrong then. Oh, it's right now? I saw the sun go. It can't be right. It can't be right. Because if you are at the Luke Cinema and you walk east half a mile up the road just over there by that high court in the halls of justice between 
the judge's chamber and the courtroom and if the, it starts to rain you will see buckets in the hall of justice because the roof leak and the lawyers have to be careful and the judge have to be careful and the staff have to be careful that they fall on into themselves if you are at the Luke cinema and you walk 30 yards down the road in a westerly direction you bump in to the magistrate's court and on a rainy day if you're on high street and you just stick your head through the door and you look right up to the steps there is water coming down from the roof from the first floor all the way down to the ground floor the staff have some cardboard that they try to sop up the water with and we have to go and hold on on the rail mr bird so you go upstairs in a bus your ass but they're selling or purchasing the luke cinema for six million dollars six million dollars they're talking about preserving or uh, creating a place that the arts and culture of antigua and Barbuda can flourish the only thing that will flourish from that purchase is the culture of cronyism in the antigua labor party and we need to put an end to that let me tell you how bad it was you're tuning and fire and steel and they talk about cronyism and food city and all these other buildings from the previous administration how it's so bad you heard it from max Earth. you heard it from malwin joseph then you go to uncut then you go to uncut and lennox talking about it beneath the surface you hear chet green talking about it then you go to insight and you hear lester and you hear gaston and you hear cutie talking about it if it was wrong then then it is right now and nobody talk out none of these bottoms can talk out and say what the reality is oh excuse me honorable bottoms you have to give them you have to give them the honors these set the honorable bottoms nobody can tell you what is it call a spade a spade that is what faithful nationals is all about because if we continue to go down that path proper smoke our pipe our soul it needs to stop the problem with the Luke cinema and Gaston Brown is that he has his friends who are too big to fail their businesses are too big to fail and even if they don't have the business anymore they will not be saddled with the debt to pay off the workers and the staff and any mortgage on the business they are too big to fail and you know what he calls that He's laughing at you and all Antiguans and Barbies. He calls it economical socialism. In all the rest of the world, that is called cronyism. You're awarding your friends. And why that is done like this? Because when he does that for these people, and you remember the global bank also, we bought the bank and we're buying banks, and we have money for fixed courtrooms. All of that is not about them being loyal to Antigua and Barbuda. When you're a crony, you're not loyal to your country. You're not even loyal to your party. You're loyal to Gaston Brown. That is the reality. That is what we are facing as Antiguans and Barbies and those who love this country. And that is what we must put an end to. Because the future does not look very bright for us at this point in time. We have got to stand up and make a difference. Because if this continues, they plan to be in there for another generation, you know. It's generational, they're thinking of, of running this country into the ground, you know. If we don't do something now, 
then what are your children and grandchildren going to say? What are they going to say? What did we do? We allowed it to happen? He can have all the money. He can have all the influence. He can be the world boss as he so claims he could be. But the faithful nationals are a match. You are his match. You are the people of this country. And you are the electors. You are the employer. And you will deal with him when the time is come. If in 1971 Papa Bird can lose the election, who the hell is the world boss known as Gaston Brown? Who the hell is that? If Papa Bird can lose, or we? I'd like to say another few words in regards to who will take out Gaston Brown. You see what we have? We have the faithful national amongst the living. And we also have the faithful nationals amongst the dead. Now let me explain to you. 46 North Street. We know on Pope Said Street, there's a lot of prostitution going on. If you ask a prostitute on Pope Said Street, who are the biggest prostitutes? They say, go west. The biggest prostitutes, political prostitutes, <laughs> on 46 North Street. <laughs> because they're too big to fail. Them, they're the cronies. But you know what happened? They are moving. Wiggly, you better go get some pine salt and some carbolic and go rinse out and wash down 46 North Street Emancipation Hall when they left. Because they're moving over to Dugent Avenue now. And that is where we want them to move. You know where they go? They're going from a whole house to a graveyard. A lady knew that. That's where I want them to be. And all the jumpy over there go hunt them backside when the tiger come. All the faithful nationals over there. A lady knew gent. I got deal with Gaston Brown. I will guarantee you, six months after they move over there, we will have an emergency meeting from the Prime Minister. And he needs to say a few words. He say, faithful nationals, them drew me over too hard for me. I, I am now demitting office. Because <laughs> the Jumbi and them are over there. That is exactly where we need him to be. That is ground zero. Because the living faithful nationals are the ones who are underneath the new ALP headquarters will deal with this man good and proper. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a period in Tyre and Antigua's history where we have a government who will believe that they can last in power for another generation. We are at a point in time where people are aware, more aware of the situation in their country. You had Tim Hector back in the day with his news, we were trying something. But we don't even really have too much of a daily newspaper anymore in Antigua. We have social media and we need to stay informed and we need to protest. We need to be active. We need to continue with our pickets. We need to have a march. We need to have more of these meetings to let them know. You are the boss. You are the boss. When they talk about world boss, me wonder, wait. Are we serious? Look upon the world boss in them right here. 
you are the world boss. And what they expect you to do is when your employee starts to act up and mess up your business, oh, what are you going to do? We need to get, begin to get uncomfortable around corruption. Know what it is. We have people flipping land. What we say, we don't do anything. We have people racking up money from heavy duty equipment. People bringing in gym machines, gym equipment, you all know that? Oh, but nobody's saying anything. We are too comfortable around corruption. We need to become uncomfortable. Ask questions, make noise. Read the constitution. Read the different documents about how things are supposed to be done. That is what we are supposed to do. You know, Antigua and Barbie, they belong to all are we. And when certain people prosper and take too much, it means that the rest of us don't get enough, don't get our share. That's what, that is what a democracy is. I'm going to bring... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to switch up. All right. So, we're here... I want to big up all of them organizations who are here. The movement. Let me see the movement here. Big up to the movement. Chalky, where are you? Big up. Big up your people, them too. The UPP. True Labour. And all are we faithful nationals. BPM, <laughs> BPM special to me. Now. I mean, I went to the barbie a couple of months ago. After, after um, they went back over. The movement went over to Barbuda. Has a, had a wonderful interaction with the Barbuda, but we couldn't believe it's so Barbuda stop. And then when you hear still, even today, that Barbuda are still living in tent. I think all of us are supposed to go over Barbuda. And then we begin to understand what Barbudans are suffering. You know, when, when, um, when this thing started, the movement asked a very important question. How does good governance look in an emergency? How does good governance look like? And if you answer those questions, if you really look at it, you realize that Barbudans were hard done by. They were hard done by. They were left, left out on their own. Because of the people. And we say no more. Is Alistair here? Alistair here? The coming? Okay. Is he here? Yes, he's here. All right. So what are we doing? We got to move. We got to rise up in Antigua and Barbie, the faithful nationals. We're too quiet. We gotta ask questions. We gotta make noise. We gotta read the constitution. We gotta call in on the radio station because you know what? The other people calling in. We gotta look look look, for, look at our representative and ask questions of them. We gotta get uncomfortable. We gotta get even mad. We gotta bring our children and our grandchildren into the loop. Let them, because we say that our young people are not, are not involved. They are not connected to the issues. But we got to get our young people connected to the issues. I'm seeing quite a, a lot of young people here, children too. Get them in, bring them. 
because the future belongs to them. We see land going. We have deals. We have prime ministers saying all sorts of stupidness. Don't take the people of Antigua into consideration. And if we don't challenge, then Antigua and Barbuda will not look the same and we're not going to be able to recognize it. Now I have another um, gentleman to bring on, 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 on to, the, to the podium. A very dynamic gentleman. Very well spoken. Very passionate. He's a historian. He's a writer. He's a mass builder. And I'm going to bring him on now to share with us his perspective on a lot of things happening in Tegan Barbuda. Give it up to Alistair Thomas. Watch yourself, black man. Cause they think there is Canaan. Their expansion plan on this land. It seems like their motto is to come blacks in ghetto. And open junk them and stop them for so. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. We have got to remember. Good evening. Welcome, good citizens. Welcome, faithful nationals. Welcome, citizens. Welcome, all the ancestral children. Why? Am I here? I'm here because our ancestors have been torturing me over the last recent years. They have been directing me and instructing me of their torture and agony. Our ancestors' soul have been agonizing because when they look at the sacrifice that they made with their blood, sweat, tears, and death, and to see how their descendants who speak of reparation and reparatory justice and how we are treating these blood-soaked lands of our ancestors, their soul are unhappy. Our ancestors without whom we would not be here we didn't come from out of the air. We came in existence because of our ancestors. We are who we are because of our ancestors. And those ancestors have been saying to me, please go and speak for me because we can't speak now. We are in the grave. And I've been watching reading 
and following in recent years the agreements the contracts that the descendants of slaves who have shed their blood their tears and have lost their lives for this country and when I look at the agreements, the contracts, the memorandums of understanding, the ancestors appeal to my soul, go and speak for us. So I'm here this evening to speak for our ancestors. I don't come here tonight to speak just against one particular issue. I came tonight because our ancestors are haunted by the reality that they are being betrayed and deceived by their descendants. And I want to send a notice to my brothers. I am not here to speak for UPP supporters. I am not here to speak for the New Labour Party or the movement. I am proudly here to speak for our ancestors' spirits and soul because we are betraying their spirits and soul. How could we acknowledge that our ancestors have given their blood, sweat and tears for these lands? And yet, after 37 years of independence, our brothers and sisters being able to get good quality education. And when I read the contents of these agreements, it makes my soul hurt. How could black leaders experience 300 years of the worst exploitation of man's inhumanity to man and sign these kind of contracts? How could they? How could they do that? It's a betrayal of our ancestors to sign these kind of contracts. They wanted to come off of the plantations. How could we voluntarily sign back on the plantation in 2019. But let me just say something quickly because Brother Lovell I listen to some ex-brothers from the ACLM movement and these brothers had made tremendous contribution in raising the consciousness and fighting the struggle for justice and right they made tremendous sacrifices but when I listen recently it's not an evening for me to refer to anyone as any rabbit dog I'm not going to do that Anybody in their right mind
asking, demanding reparation from the British. Justifiably so. And these same brothers looking at our sisters, our sister Barbuda, and saying to the Barbudans, black leaders I'm speaking about, it's pathetic, it's sad. We are asking for reparation. We have Caribbean Reparation Commission. We have the Antigua Reparation Commission. And you, these brothers, my brothers they are, and I love them. I come to speak unity, not hatred. But I have to speak the truth. How could these brothers, ACLM brothers and brothers who are part of reparation, sit quietly in here? Anybody suggesting that Barbuda don't belong to Barbudans, that some parliament has the right. That is not even a discussion. It's insultive. It's demeaning. For political expediency. They're turning history on its head. That Barbuda don't belong to Barbuda. Who else could it belong to? And their parents, their grandparents shed blood, sweat and tears for 300 years. Madness. How could black men and women be so presumptuous and hateful of themselves? We are asking the British, not in fact, we are demanding from the British to pay us reparation, which is just and right. And at the same time, we are saying to the victims of slavery, a country and a people who were the breeding ground for slaves. Who were the providers for the plantation in Barbados? And on Betty's Hope, Barbudans and Barbuda was a supply. Nation and people. When the, the, the proclamation for abolition was presented to the British Parliament in 1833, it did not include Barbuda. So that Antigua was going to get the abolition granted, but not Barbuda because it was not, they were not included. And Barbudans had to rise up, created insurrection, and forced the British to grant them so that they had to fight for their abolition. And black leaders, People who are part of some consciousness movement saying that Barbudans telling the British they don't have their right. The parliament of Antigua is now giving them the right of their blood soaked land and sweat soaked land. How could they, for political expediency, have that debate? How could a parliament take away the right? From the Barbudans for 300 years they have given blood sweat and tears for that land that's their right
yet you're asking for reparation. It's a contradiction. It nullifies the argument for reparation. No serious reparationist. Let me repeat it. No serious reparationist can justify taking away Barbudan lands to give any investor. I am appealing to our Prime Minister. He did it already and I think he can do it again. When he had signed on to the agreement, sometimes we do not know what is MOU and what is MOA. But when it was disclosed and exposed on Serpent's program that our Prime Minister had signed for a gun factory. He did something which was noble and we have to learn to do these things, to be respectful. He called in and said, I was not aware and I'm going to extract that. And he did that. So he did not go through with it because he was made either to be exposed or he just realized what was signed. I want to say to the Prime Minister that as I look at this agreement with Global Ports, I am not convinced because I've been researching and speaking and lecturing on mind control, how the technology has been perfected that they can use cell phones to induce diseases and do all kinds of things, cause violent reaction and all kinds of things. But I'm of the view that when I look at the contents of these descendants of slaves signing their people back into slavery for 99 years and 100 years and 33 years, I am convinced that they cannot be in their normal mind. And to establish that I'm not dealing with party politics. In 1967, we just came out of colonialism. We didn't have any credit rating on the international scene. And the father of the nation, V.C. Byrd and the Antigua Labour Party, saw a need to establish a deep water harbor. We didn't have bright men. Seven standards, Sir Lionel Hurst, Denfield Hurst. And they went and got a loan and built the Deepwater Harbor. And in that agreement, not for a day, anybody else owned or managed that port but Antiguans and Barbudans. 1967, they went and they built the airport. We refurbish it retrofit it and now a new brand airport they said the interest is high let's give them all of that but the ownership the ownership remains in the hands of the people of Antigua and Barbuda how come we have brighter men they declare but VC Bird could just come out of colonialism 
not having any international credit ratings, could get a loan, but establish an agreement in which the ownership and management remain in the hands of the citizens of Antigua and Barbuda. And in 2019, we can't do that. You wanted what? What we needed? 32 million, 83 million. But I understood by the utterance that the CIP program made near billion dollars. So we had the funds in the CIP to develop the port. We can't in 2019 take the blood, sweat and tears and give it away for 33 years and 10 years extra. But my daughter is now 14 years old, last daughter. And she will be what? 54? When that agreement expire with black leaders? And I'm saying to our governments, I'm saying to the future governments, we cannot continue to betray the spirit, the souls of our ancestors by signing contracts and agreements that put us back in slavery and colonialism. And these contracts, these are nothing but enslavement act and putting us back on the plantation, taking away ownership and giving it to somebody else to master again. I am appealing to the Prime Minister. I'm appealing to the government. Do not give away one of our most important assets. Revisit the agreement you said they had signed on to the e-books, which is embarrassing, which the PTA, the National PTA call for an independent inquiry to vindicate all those who say they are innocent. But you said that despite monies were being paid and in, in, in the agreement signed that you get them or call them and tell them they have to change the user fee. So I'm saying to our Prime Minister, you have the capacity to call Global Port Holdings and say, no, you cannot re-enslave the citizens of this country. We can raise the funds otherwise. I have no doubt about that. Call us all together. We'll raise the funds because the port is not a Labour Party port. It's a port of Antigua and Barbuda. And all of us should be interested and concerned. But this agreement is recolonization. Don't tell me this is the best agreement. That my educated brothers and sisters could come up with. So that I say to you that these agreements has undermined our campaign for reparation. We can't be asking and demanding reparation. And yet what we should not have bought, but we bought for five million dollars or five million pound. We now going back and give back master's son and grandson with the same years almost when we were on the plantation. How can we ask for reparation? And we are taking the token from reparation and giving it back and say that's the best we can do. 
If that's the best we can do, then we have failed. And that's why I said to you, and I'm saying it with all sincerity, I didn't come here to bash. I come here to appeal to the sensitivity of my government. That our ancestors are being tormented with these agreements. You are selling us way back on the plantation as if it was in 1832. When I took some time and read and read through this agreement, I began to get headache. And I'm not being facetious or being funny. I cannot, when I see these agreements that these black leaders are signing in Guyana and Africa, something is wrong. Why are they hurrying their population back in slavery under the guise of development? This can't be the best that we can do. So that I'm calling on the nation. I'm calling on labor rights. I'm calling on church leaders and business leaders. Let's retain our sovereignty and our patrimony. Let's not ensure our enslavement and more so our children. We owe it to them to give them the possibilities, the opportunities that they can ensure that they exploit their potentials and skills. Because if we tie them up in these kind of years with these enslavement agreements, our children and grandchildren that we send to school and universities will not have a chance to be creative entrepreneurs. And I want to touch a quick thing. Lovely, you ready? I want to say this to the taxi men. Nothing is more dangerous than things that are being said outside of an agreement. I heard something on the news and there is this attempt to disrespect people's intelligence. I heard the investors suggest something about electric vehicles in a way to give the assurance to the taxi men, these noble ambassadors of ours, that they are secured. How could they be secured if this contract is allowed to go through? And we should not. Because it is putting us back 30 years on the plantation. How many electric vehicles will they be bringing? So, they have this contract. They're running the ports and all the business with the cruise industry. They own it and control it for 30 years. So, they're going to bring two electric vehicles. Nobody knows if there will be hundreds. The moment they bring one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, they are going to displace the taxi men and minivan and cab drivers and its coasters they are planning to bring. So they will be, in fact, displacing them. Because you can't tell a taxi man who earns a certain amount of living out of his taxi business when the season is good. So go and be a driver. How much are you going to pay a driver? Minimum wage. The 
taxi men are going to this who still owe a finance company mortgage those who do maybe three more years four more years what they're going to do drive your electric vans and coasters for minuscule starvation salary and do what so that i'm saying to you that even in that thought if they need electrical vehicles there should be a company with our taxi men a joint company a joint venture so that the monopoly and the wiping out of our taxi men would not be a possibility but if they're going to introduce electric vehicles in no time in no time our taxi men will be wiped out because they can't change over most of them with the cost of electric vehicles they're more expensive than the conventional so I say to you this evening that I'm here in closing to say one that our ancestors are somersaulting in their grave their souls are tormented and I want to appeal to the conscience of the nation that it's not about red or blue it's about us but more so the future generation we owe it to them we cannot tie up we cannot straight jacket two generations with an agreement that is not in their interest it is wicked to do we are exploiting their potential I am saying to the government revisit as you did revisit the gun factory this agreement will only long after the government is gone because my prime minister is 40 52 I think 52 and 30 and you add the extra 10 so nobody in that government will be around we cannot be an independent nation or say we're independent and voluntarily sign ourselves back in colonialism and slavery it is unjust it's wrong particularly for the young generation we owe it to the youth to make sure we leave the best future for them our ideas our concepts are not the best let us join together as an entire nation and empower the people power to the people let us reverse the process of enslavement thank you may god and allah bless you night and day are catching hell people think are doing well just because i sing a few calypso but that is my misery calypso don't make money but most of them don't know that I have my axe to grind, just like any other man, existing in poverty, and this giant ghetto land. What a powerful delivery! Ah, yes, sir! Yes, sir! I ain't gonna eat lice, I ain't gonna grow old, sitting in the cold, not me. No way, they gonna have to beat me, they gonna have to eat I me. I tell you! Are the heads gonna roll? Tell them I say! Oh, yes! Nobody can run with all, but here you A lot of the things that Brother Alistair spoke about, Bob Udens have been practicing for years. We have been the true defenders of the lands of Bob We have practiced this for years to ensure that something is kept for the future generations. 
But here on a lighter note. When I was young, right? My father is anti-labor the worst kind of way. And he never loved bird doll. But I just adopted a cousin. Weber the third. I just adopted him. My father made me chopsin right now, but daddy be sorry. I like that young man. Yes, man. I tell you. Yes. And by the way, I'm a cousin. Anyway, brothers and sisters, clear and come. We have a job to do. Together, clear. Welcome to Night and day are catching hell. People think are doing well. Just because I sing a few calypso. The podium! Yes, man! tonight. I want to big up the brother Chalky, the taxi man. Let's hear it for Chalky. Brother Fabian Jones from the BPM. Brother Warner from the BPM. We had Sister Quinn, Sister Attil from the movement. We have brother Veerbird III, I call him grandson of the nation from True Labor. Give him a big round of applause. We have Brother Chester speaking as a union man with the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union. Brother Jamal, the leader of Her Majesty's Opposition in Parliament. And of course, we had a treat from Brother Alistair 
who gave us a good philosophical understanding of where we stand and what we must do. Brothers and sisters, I am here tonight to tell you that those in power are drunk with power. The country is going from bad to worse. They are becoming desperate. And in their desperation, they are becoming dangerous. They lie. They lie. And they lie. But tonight I want to tell you that the power in people is more than the people in power. And that's what we are here tonight. To build the power in the people. When you look over the past four years, my brothers and sisters, it is painful. You have a prime minister who came and told us that he had an investor to put in two billion dollars. And up to now, they can hardly put in two hundred dollars. And they are gone with the whole of Guana Island, all the surrounding lands. They even pass an act to protect these people. The Special Economic Zone Act. It is criminal what they have done to the people and to the nation. They came and they told you 500 homes in 500 days. And they put together the National Housing and Urban Development Company. That company was registered in 2014 we have CHAPA Central Housing and Planning Authority there was no need for any national housing company that company according to what we have heard has spent over 300 million dollars and if you go to the registry of companies no accounts have been filed and you go to parliament nothing has been laid on the table of parliament so we can see how the people's money has been spent from 2014 until now they have not accounted for one single dollar and this company who run the company you have the man Austin Smith he has been the back carrier for Gaston Brown for the last 20 years he know all the secrets he knows where all the bodies are buried then he have the fully uncle that walk up and down the place with his head down in his chest he's another one on the board and then they have a few others sidekick crony friend and company spending off the people money and not accounting for a single dollar is that right can that be right then you hear now they come with ebooks we're going to take the country and the students into the 21st century well nothing is wrong with that the only thing that is wrong with that is that in other countries when you decide you want to 
develop a program for your young people and your education. You design what it is you want and then you put out a request and you say to people, we would like you to bid on this and you get three or four different people come and tell you what they can do and then you choose the best one and you make sure it can work. Can you imagine that they're telling us now that they enter into an agreement and the most important part of that agreement costing this nation five million US dollars per year. Nobody see that. Nobody know about that. And then all of a sudden from 300 to 250 to 80. I heard Sister Quinn say earlier and I agree with her. $80 was the right price. But somebody was getting something extra on top. We need to know the truth. We need to know what happened. We need to know why they said 250 And now they can say 80 You can imagine you have a car. You tell somebody, I sell you the car for 250 or a house. For $250,000 for the house. And you can drop your price to $80,000 for the house. Something had to be wrong. Something has to be wrong. And we are demanding a full inquiry into that ebook scandal. Do we want an inquiry? Do we want an inquiry? My brothers and sisters, this is a time for us to be firm, to stand up, and to demand an inquiry. Oh, and the latest one now. We hear about global ports. And I'm telling you, I've had a chance to really look at this. And I'm saying, this man come from where he come from. And he's saying that Fernandez are the best negotiator. Fernandez are a tough negotiator. Nobody can negotiate better than Fernandez. And Fernandez couldn't even negotiate the looks. Fernandez bankrupt the looks. And now he won't bankrupt Antigua. Imagine he telling Antigua people that Fernandez is a great negotiator. And everybody looking at the looks that they have to now find six million dollars. And that does not include interest. And that does not include severance payment for the workers. And they're going to take our hard-earned taxpayer dollars to bail out a crony, a friend, a fellow cabinet minister. Is that right? Is that right? We have to do something about it. Imagine this agreement with Global Ports. First point I want to make. The agreement is not with the parent company. The agreement is with a local company. GPH Antigua Limited. That company owns nothing. They don't have an asset. They have nothing. They can pull up tomorrow, gun about their business. They own nothing. The only thing that they intend to put on their balance sheet, as far as assets are concerned, will be the lands of Antigua and Barbuda. That will be the only thing they will have. 
they're not bringing any money here. They're going to borrow money. And they're going to have the lenders sign a document. Because if you look at section 27 of this agreement, there's what is known as lenders step in rights. And that means that if they default on their loan, the people who lend them the money can come right here in Antigua and take over the port. It's right here in the agreement. The lenders can come in and take over the port if they default. And you know, you ask yourself, who really did the due diligence on this company? Max Fernandez, no? Oh, Lord. Modi looks again. Modi looks again. Antigua, oh, Lord, the place mash up. Now, I want to ask, who did the due diligence? Because if you go on the internet, and you go on the Bloomberg site, or the Financial Times site. You get to see who these people are. It's a publicly traded company in England. They had shares last year that were valued at 400 and odd pounds for a share. This year, the shares are valued at 360 something dollars a share. So, the value is not going up. The value is coming down. But what is even more troubling is that the most recent financial statement from Global Ports is up to the end of 2017. And in 2017, you would think that the way the man talks so boss, they will make money. In 2017, Global Ports made a loss of 10 million pounds. That's the most recent financial statement. Maybe in 2018, a 20, pound, 20 million pounds they lost. It's a company that we're dealing with where their most recent statement shows that they made a loss of 10 million pounds. I want to go further. When you look at their loan portfolio you realize that they are indebted in the sum of 354 million 189,729 US dollars okay you may say well everybody owe money but what is interesting in their numbers is that all of this is loan. So they're not coming to Antigua to bring money. They're coming to Antigua to take hold of our asset and borrow money on our asset. Which Antiguan cannot do that? But one of the categories of loan, I want you to pay attention, loans used to finance working capital. Now what that means? When you get a loan in order to finance working capital, that's like if you run a shop and you have to borrow money to pay your wages and salaries. That's your working capital. 
That's your day-to-day expenses. That's not money to invest. That's money to cover your day-to-day expenses. That's when you're broke. So you can imagine you have to be borrowing money to meet your day-to-day expenses, your working capital. And that is always a very dangerous sign when a company has to borrow money for its working capital. And what you realize again is that most of the money that they borrowed, they borrowed very high interest rate. Now, you know what I mean by high interest rate? Now, if you're a good credit customer, you have good credit, you pay low interest. But if you're risky, you pay high interest. Some of the loans that they're paying back, 15.39%, 16.77%, 16.56%, 15.84%. Anybody looking at this, you know this one trouble tree. This is trouble. Where are we going with them? What this shows is that they have cash flow problems. And because they have cash flow problems, they're looking for new markets to get cash flow. You see, it's a company that comes out of Turkey. And because of the unrest in Turkey, a lot of the boats pulled out of Turkey and create problems. So they're now coming to the Caribbean to see who they can find, which fully beady they can find to tell them, take everything. So they have come to Antigua and they met a thriving tourism industry. Shop selling, taxi man running, cruise ship coming, head tax paying. They're not coming to some backwater salt pan where they have to dig out and develop. They have come and they have met a going concern. And this government decided take everything they didn't even have to pepper it take it as it is all the revenue from heritage key it's yours take it that is giving them the cash flow that they don't have the cash flow that they want but what is very very scary about what they're saying and shows they have no experience in the caribbean all the other islands charge about five dollars head tax tell the truth i think it should be more but it's what it is and even fernandez i heard him in parliament today say that when they tried to put on a dollar and i can tell you when i was minister of tourism it's very difficult to get it done that they said no way and these people come and tell us and they have some people in government that believe they're going to double the head tax. Well, let me tell every taxi man. Let me tell every vendor. Let me tell every shop owner. Everybody who depends on tourism. The day that they do that, you have an empty port down there. Not one boat to come Antigua. I have said publicly, it will be easier for the cow to jump over the moon than for that to happen it's not going to happen so follow the storyline they were hoping to double the head tax to make back the money they're going to borrow 
they can't double the head tax, they're going to have to find other ways to make their money. So let me tell those store owners down in Heritage Key, your price is going to go up. Let me tell the taxi man and them, whatever you pay St. John's Development Corporation for the concession to operate down there, it's going to go up. They're going to have to find ways to make their money. And when they decide to bring in coaches, electric or otherwise, that's how they're going to make their money. They're going to have to do a lot of things in order to make back their money. And if they can't make back their money, they will default on the loan. And if they default on the loan, the lenders are going to come in and take over the whole thing. Is that good enough? Is that good enough? We are saying, brothers and sisters, this whole thing is shrouded in secrecy and deep, deep in corruption. And that is why they're going through with it. Why is it that they go through this whole thing and don't tell nobody? If we didn't get the agreement and bust the agreement, nobody would know about it. Everybody knows. Nathan Dundas, when you talk about cruise tourism, you hear they say Nathan Dundas. He president of the Cruise Tourism Association since Noah just barely finished the arc. He is cruise tourism. And you going to enter into an agreement about cruise tourism and don't tell him a thing. He had to hear it over the radio. How can that be? Why has this thing been so secret? They talk about transparency. But if this is transparency, then country pond water is crystal clear. I want to say, brothers and sisters, we are not prepared to stand by this agreement in any form or fashion. In any form or fashion. And they're telling you that these people have committed 80 million dollars not a thing or so when you read the agreement the agreement is termed in the worst language i've never seen anything like it they have promised to invest not more than anybody write any agreement so not more than and then these fully bd come and tell you they say they're going to invest 25 million read the paper it says not more than 25 so if they put in 12 12 is not more than 25 you can't do them anything you can't sue them they say they're going to do heritage key and they say not less than two and not more than three let me stop a minute there heritage key is in need of a fix-up everybody knows that but if it's two thousand dollars two two million dollars is needed you can tell me that you can't get together with the local merchants with all those who have money to invest and get them to do the work in heritage key and make back their money why not why you have to go to turkey to find people to spend two million dollars in heritage key and then you hear about the pier but with that pier one of the most expensive part of the operation of any pier is the dredging and they have agreed 
that you give all the revenue to global ports but the government will be responsible for maintaining all the infrastructure and dredging the turning basin and dredging the channel so they come enjoy everything but when it comes to fix up the place to dredge the channel for the so-called oasis class ships they're giving you the impression that the global ports people are the ones who are going to dredge it and global ports will make oasis class ship come to antigua but in reality is you me everybody here is we have to pay to dredge the turning basin and to dredge the channel and i want to suggest to you that therein lies the real issue that we are faced here today that dredging contract i want you to pay close attention to that because two years ago there was an article in the trinidad guardian newspaper and in that newspaper they were praising up a company from trinidad called answer and saying that they were the ones who had just dredged the harbor at a cost of 25 million us dollars everybody thought well that's the end of dredging you remember how they criticized upp for spending nine million dollars on dredging in 2014 and then two years later they come back and they spend 25 million us dollars on dredging the same dredging and then more recently they got namco to pay a new company meridian based in tortola that they brought to antigua and the front man for that the man who's been negotiating with that is the head of the port telemark and they brought meridian to antigua and meridian was doing dredging and if you go down by the point wharf area you see some piles that they have there and with those few piles they want to tell antigua people that's nine million us dollars and namco paid meridian nine million us dollars they paid them six before the election and they paid them three after the election and the same nine million us dollars that namco paid to meridian meridian turned around and take six million and bought out defcon and now they own the defcon equipment and i want to ask the prime minister why is it that defcon was paying six million dollars that um, meridian were paying six million dollars and defcon offered the government for 5.5 million less than a year before and then the same government they turn around and they put 2.5 million dollars into meridian to buy 40 percent of the shares the reason why they want to buy the shares is so that all the work will be done by meridian so that they will be able to say when you're dredging the harbor use meridian because government have 40 percent shares in there but who have the other 60 and what are they charging i'm saying tonight brothers and sisters 
that there's no oversight is a bill they give and then the bill the government pay there's nobody supervising to make sure that we are getting value for money they are charging in the region of 24 dollars a cubic meter and they have had other people who were doing the same work for 17 dollars a cubic meter so why are we paying 24 dollars a cubic meter paying millions and millions of dollars for work that is not being supervised i am saying it is a cesspool of corruption it is nothing but the work of evil hands and dastardly minds they're robbing this country and all of this i'm saying to you brothers and sisters if it was a case where they were going into a joint venture or if they were doing a public private partnership so that the interests of the people of antigua and barbuda would be protected and respected at least you could listen i hear them trying to say that on the upp we were going to give a report it's a lie it's a damn lie all that we did as we did with so many people who came to antigua you enter into a memorandum of understanding a memorandum of understanding does not commit you to anything doesn't bind you to anything you have all kind of people come when you're in government and what you do you record what they say what you say they put their ideas on the table you put your ideas on the table and you say we will talk about it but you have to do your duty to make sure that antigua and barbuda will rise antigua and barbuda can be much better and we say that that whole deal it must go it must go and when we say it must go because it can be done better that whole heritage key part of it i say put it to local people and ask them to raise the two or three million dollars when it comes to the area of the duty-free shops that is government land government can put in the land get somebody to design the shops don't bring somebody and make them put what they want to put you design it you said this is what i want and then you invite people to bid on it who can do it it can be one it can be two it can be a consortium of many allow local people the opportunity and then if they can't do it then you go outside to get it done that can be done and when it comes to the cruise pier you don't need to ask nobody to come and do that you can do that in collaboration with one of the cruise lines because if you're going to make sure that you can bring visitors to antigua the best partner to do that with is a cruise line because they have skin in the game and if you partner with carnival or you partner with royal caribbean cruise lines or viking or any one of the other lines they're going to make sure their boats come to antigua because they have skin in the game you have they have skin in the game and these are what you call strategic partnerships for the benefit of the people that is what you call a marriage a marriage that brings benefit this is not marriage this is aggravated cruel rape and my brothers and sisters let us go forward in a united spirit we are looking at all the different issues the ebook issue it must be investigated the whole shambolic purchase 
of the Luke cinema trying to bail out a crony, a friend and a cabinet colleague. All these things are wrong. And many ills in this country. And then you have now this cruel rape of our patrimony by this group who don't have any money to come to the table with, who are just going to take our asset and borrow money using our assets as collateral. Things that we can do ourselves. We do not need them to come here and do that for us. And if they want to do anything, join in the partnership. Put in your money and let us sit around the table and be partners as we go forward. Nothing is wrong with that. What we have to do, however, is we have to go beyond the stage where we are just talking. And we have to go to the stage where there's going to be action. And that's what we have to do. We need to begin to get serious about taking some action. And I want to tell you tonight, I want you to pencil in next week Thursday. Pencil in next week Thursday. And we're going to tell you what's going to happen next week Thursday. But pencil in next week Thursday. That is going to be a day when we will tell you what type of action we're going to take on that day. But we're going to mount the pressure. We're going to step it up. We're going to intensify it. We are not going to stop just here. Because these things are wrong. And we're going to call wrong by its rightful name. We are not afraid. I want them to know that the power in people is more than the people in power. The power in people is more than the people in power. We are going to go forward. We are going to go forward. We are going to go forward. Forward ever. Backward never. Forward ever. Backward never. No retreat. No surrender. No retreat. No surrender. One love until we come again.